right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We are finally in part three of the Hosea series that we started just a little bit ago. Um, yeah, so if you have not listened to part one and part two, I would go and check that out. Also, if you don't already know, I do offer video podcasts for people who potentially, you know, work better visualizing something. Um, that is available for Patreons in the $15 tier a month and above. Uh, so totally worth it if you will learn better from the visual aspect of a podcast. But yeah, so if I were you, pause this if you have not already read through Hosea and listen to part one and part two. I don't want you to be confused. I want you to have all the context. However, I will go over kind of what we went over in part one, part of part two, and just Hosea as a, as a general book before I dive into the subject matter of part three. Uh, but yeah. So welcome back. This has been such a fun series. Hosea is a beautiful depiction of um, God's relationship with us. Um, it is heartbreaking reading through the book. There's so much sadness. Uh, there's so much going on that is kind of depressing as you read it because it's like Israel is so unfaithful, uh, but it really is just a perfect depiction of how we treated God, yet how faithful he is despite our unfaithfulness and our um, lack of loyalty to him. So um, Hosea as a whole, the theme is though we are unfaithful, God's mercy and kindness are more powerful than our sin. He continues to rescue us from ourselves, making us his once again, over and over. That is the theme of Hosea. I've said that in both the other parts. Um, and then Hosea as a whole is just 25 years of Hosea's preaching and teaching written into a majority of, of it is poetry. Um, there is, there's a deep emotional aspect to the book of Hosea that really connects the reader to the words, um, and pulls you in and teaches you things that you may not get from just the, the normal storytelling of some of the books in the Bible. Uh, but yeah, so part one was all about, you know, learning about Hosea and Gomer and Hosea is hopefully read through it at this point now, but, um, Hosea was the prophet in this book and he was instructed by God to marry a woman who was a prostitute and uh you know obviously that would be difficult uh she was highly unfaithful to him though they had children and so many things and it basically was used to represent the relationship between Israel and God uh which is a very sad picture and then in part two we discussed um a little bit of that and a majority of it was learning the difference between just knowing of god and knowing the difference between just knowing him intellectually and then knowing him in a relationship and how israel just knew of god instead of deeply knowing him which is what led them to you know it's essentially cheat on god over and over because they kept running to other um to other things to satisfy them and we read through psalm 62 and 63 and discuss, you know, what it looks like to thirst after God and what it looks like to fully know him in a deep relationship. Um, and then today is a very fun part uh, because though a majority of Hosea is discussing, you know, the natural consequences of Israel's actions, the um, just the heartbreak that God has experienced uh, in this relationship with Israel um, and really discussing all the judgments they're going to get and just a lot of a lot of things that are going on. Um, this part is beautiful because it is explaining the final hope that God is offering that is then offered to us as well. And that's hope that hope is in Jesus and how um, the people in Hosea's time at this time did not know what the heck God was talking about. But in these chapters, God is referring to his plan to become the sacrifice so that he can love us freely. 
and how beautiful that depiction is now in our age looking back and seeing what he was talking about seeing the fulfillment happen in jesus and us having the ability to get, to know jesus and to know god fully because of the sacrifice he made for us um and so yeah so that's what today is going to be about uh it is essentially majority of what we're going to be talking about is just chapters 11 through 14 which is through the end of the book and we're actually going to read chapter 11 together um, there's just so much happening in this chapter and it is really like a turn so if you're reading you know in part two we went through uh four through ten and it, it they're they're hard to read um it's just a lot of you know reading how unrepentant israel is reading about just just all these things that are very sad and then 11 takes a turn and the title of it is lord's the lord's love for israel and it is just a a, a beautiful poem about how god feels about israel despite how unfaithful they are um and basically you're just seeing how riddled god is with compassion so we're going to read this together because i feel like hearing it read aloud is helpful sometimes um especially in studying it because you hear things you may not have heard before and every time i read it out loud like right now i learn something new so we could learn something new together um, yeah, so it says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals, which are false gods, and burnt offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws, and I bent down to them and fed them. They shall not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king, because they were they have refused to return to me. The sword shall rage against their cities, consume the bars of their gates, and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria, and I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. Ephraim has surrounded me with lies and the house of Israel with deceit, but Judah still walks with God, and he is faithful to the Holy One. And so there's a lot, there's a lot happening here. It is a poem of God's heartbreak. It is a poem of God being like, you guys have still not turned back to me, yet I'm still going to make these promises to you because I know what our future holds and what our future relationship holds. And um, I raised you up, Though you don't know that it was me i created you though you forget your maker which is something he says in hosea 8 um and so i'm just going to kind of read through some of my notes as i read this the first time um i said god in his wonderful kindness will still chasten lead guide and direct israel though they kick against him god has never forgotten his love for israel god wins us over with gentle love cords of kindness bands of love and this is a very interesting note that I, um, when I read over it, I was like, wow, like this is a beautiful depiction of, of our relationship with God. So it says in verse 4b, I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws and I bent down to them and fed them. And that typically, like, especially when I was younger, like that would be a verse I read and be like, what does that mean? Like, what, what is this? Um, the yoke is something that is used in scripture a lot. 
Um, and it basically is referring to just like essentially a strain around a mule's neck as they're transporting goods. Um, it's like a necessary, you know, thing to carry. Um, but some are going to be tighter than others if the, if the load is heavier. Um, I may have some of that incorrect, but that's essentially the idea is reins around a mule that, um, as they carry products. And so it says, I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws and I bent down to feed them. And essentially what he's saying is he's going to loosen the grips of a yoke that they weren't meant to bear. Um, so Israel is putting a yoke on themselves of trying to satisfy their needs through searching for other gods um, and searching for satisfaction in their idols. And yet God says, I'm going to loosen the grips of this yoke to gently care for you. Um, I'm going to take your yoke upon myself and replace it with love that you don't deserve. Um, and that just gives me chills because it's like, dang, like we really don't deserve that kind of love. And I wrote a note down as I was studying this again today. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but maybe I didn't hold on. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Here it is. Um, Though Israel is sinful, God has never forgotten his love for them. We strangled ourselves with a yoke that was too much to bear trying to fill ourselves with things that will never satisfy. But God says in Hosea 11, 46, 11, 46, wait, wait, 11, sorry, 11, 4B, not 46. I read, okay, 11, 4B, I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws and I bent down and fed them. Um, and so, yeah, so that is just one of my favorite parts of reading this um, is just using those analogies makes it so much more real. Um, yeah. So then uh, the next part is in, if we jump down to verse eight and nine, how it talks about like, how can I give up on you? Um, oh, Ephraim, these are just different words for Israel. Um, a note that I wrote is we are in sin and guilty before God, yet he says, how can I give up on you? Justice demands that he do this, yet in his heart, he must find a way of salvation. In this, God sends Jesus Christ and on the cross, Jesus was given up in my place. Ah, and that's just so good because it's like, God's character demands that he is true to himself, which means if he is just and holy, he, there has to be a sacrifice for sin. There has to be a punishment for sin. He can't just, you know, not be just. Um, so in his mind, the solution to this, the, to this was for him to become the sacrifice. And this is where the beauty comes in, in our relationship with Jesus is it, it literally says, I'm not exactly sure. Oh, there it is. Um, if, if you jump to, um, chapter 14, it says, uh, in verse four, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely. And I wrote, he did, he did not do this because Israel deserved it, but because it is his nature to love freely. And so, you know, this whole time as he's battling with Israel, he's like, guys, like there will come a time when the sacrifice will already have been made. And I can just love you freely because you're, you're forgiven. Um, and it's like, I, I wonder what was going through their minds as he, as they're reading this of like, what do you mean? Like your justice will be satisfied and you can love us freely. Like what? And then getting to watch the fulfillment in Jesus, like that would just be so absolutely crazy. Um, so yeah, so these verses are just beautiful. Um, he makes these promises to them without them being repentant, without like already knowing the state of their sin, he says these things to them. And so this whole part, I'm really just kind of reading the stuff that you're going to be reading because it's like, this is just so like incredible. Um, and I never want this podcast to be like, 
oh, Sophia's going to teach us something. It's really just like my goal is to talk about this with you and to engage in a conversation with you where we're talking about how crazy this stuff is because it's better than a movie. It's wild. It's like, it's like, like you can't make this stuff up. Um, but for real, that just chapter 11 and then connecting it through chapter 14, chapter 12 and 13 are really just like going back over the judgments and like the consequences that are coming because of Israel's sin. But then chapter 14 is him reminding them like, but don't worry, like there will be a time when I become the sacrifice for you, though you don't deserve it and I can love you freely forever. Um, and it's just literally so cool. Um, but yeah, so... So yeah, let me just see if there's any other notes that I had wrote down. But yeah, so essentially this whole part is just reminding you that like God never forgot his people and he never forgot his love for Israel. And through all of his words and through all the judgments and through all the consequences that they brought upon themselves, like God was like, just hold on. Like there will be a time when Jesus is coming for you. Like I'm going to become the sacrifice for you and um, I can love you freely. And so... So yeah, so that's part three and really just as a reminder to us in our daily life is like we have access to that. Like we get to know God and then referring to the second part of this series is like we don't just get to know of him or know like, oh, the, this God that they talk about in the scriptures, but this is uh, the, the person of Jesus that we get to know, the personal relationship with him that has brought us the point where God can love us freely not because we deserve it but because his kindness demanded it it demanded that he love us freely and that we get to be in an unbound relationship with him with uh with no gap in between with with nothing in between us um and so yeah so it all leads back to the gospel it always does um and if you don't know Jesus like this uh this is a Jesus you can get to know all you have to do is ask to know him and and he's yours and, um, and what's really, really precious about all of this, and I'm sure I've said this a million times, but it is something that like I constantly remind myself of is he would have done this just for me. Um, he desires to know me personally and he desires to know you personally. Um, and he doesn't want to just know of you. He wants to know you deeply, just like we need to know him deeply. Um, not just like a couple of dates, like the whole lifetime, like the lifetime commitment with us. Um, and so, yeah, so that is all of Hosea, and I hope that this has opened your eyes to just a fresh level of God's humanity and God's, um, you know, his character, and how, yes, there is natural consequences, there is judgments that have come upon Israel, upon us, um, in our sin, but more powerful than all of that is God's um, bent towards compassion and his, um, and just his loving kindness, how steadfast he is with us and how he desires us so much that he became the sacrifice for us. And so, yeah, so that has been Hosea and I hope that it has um, changed your perspective, changed your heart just a little bit. And yeah, so I love you guys and I will see you next time. If you have, you know, other ideas for podcast series, other things you want to hear about, um, I do have an Instagram page. I do have a TikTok, a YouTube, all of the things. Um, so please go check me out on there. Um, it's at spark.passion. And yeah, so I will see you guys very soon. Bye.